0: Good evening, disruptors. Welcome to episode six. Hello. <laughs> Hi, of uh, Faith Disrupted, and all three of us are here. It's Tam, Michelle, and <laughs> Ursula. Hi. Um, and today we're going to um, talk about what it means to be a Christian and a feminist. So it's a topic close to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been for many, many years. So. Uh, we're going to get our teeth into that a little bit today, but first, as always, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about what we've been doing this week. Uh, apart from catching up in person, which was awesome. Mm. That
1: was <laughs> delicious. Me. That feels like forever. I?
0: So me, Tam, I have been. Oh, so this is right. So I think last last podcast, I might have mentioned this to you girls before we started recording because I felt like it probably wasn't appropriate for a Christian
1: Ooh, I'm to podcast.
0: But I've been listening to the podcast, My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: I made you change stop. your mind that this is okay can't to share? not stop. Won't stop.
0: <laughs> listening in the car, listening in the supermarket. This a confessional.
2: It uh, feels like it. It does feel
0: like it. <laughs> Look, it is totally, it's not safe for work, um, although I have been listening at work with my headphones on. What? I hope not <laughs> at work listening. So. Um, only occasionally if I have to finish off an episode that I was listening to in the car. You know how it works. Um, oh, my goodness. The funniest, just the funniest, funniest thing ever. Don't listen so- to it if you're easily offended. Okay. Don't listen to it if you don't like dildos, as we've discussed <laughs> previously um <laughs> oh dear don't listen to it if your kids slash husband slash mother slash mother-in-law <laughs> anywhere nearby
1: so yeah. does, what is it Tam? just a quick one okay so
0: it's it's this guy whose dad literally wrote a pornographic novella oh my goodness he has access to it and he sits at his kitchen table with his two best mates and they read <laughs> And dissect it. So there's lots of comments. The two people he are with, he's with are very, very funny and very quick. And it's just, it's a brilliant experience. And look, I would recommend listening to an episode and just, yep, seeing if you can handle the explicitness. And if you can, it's well worth it.
2: <laughs> well worth it in that it's very funny. It is hilarious. It is funny, okay. yeah. It is
0: like the tears in your eyes funny, yeah. Mm. It's good. Um, my other my other recommendation that I've been I, I just started last night after I finished. Um, so I finished Master of None. I'm going to recommend that again. Mm. I think it was. I think it was mm. episode eight, season two. One of the best episodes of TV I've watched in a really really long mm. time. Wow, okay. that's not my that's recommendation. A cool. <laughs> I started watching um, Atypical. I okay, yes. That. Yeah. So that has got, um, so that's, it's a, uh, it's a Netflix exclusive series mm-hmm. um, about a autistic boy. Oh, he's 18, I think. Mm-hmm. So in high school and starting to think about dating and just, okay, so the, the guy that plays the main part, his name is Keir Gilchrist. He played... The Gay Son on United States of Tara. Oh, oh
2: okay. yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. he
0: was absolutely flipping brilliant in that. Mm. Um, and he's, he he's cool. amazing. So, yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to watching the rest of that. Mm. Mm. Great. That's good. Oh, and so ends my monologue. <laughs> That's
1: great. <laughs> oh, have you – this is oh, – I'm sorry continue um okay so this is a show that i slammed well actually no i couldn't slam it because it only was being drip fed once a week um and it was on catch up on channel 10 but i'm not sure if it is anymore and that is this is us the tv oh, um, show it. from the yes. states do yourself a favor it is the best show i have seen in as long, like probably since the West Wing like Ooh, 10 years ago when cool. I fell in love with that. That is a bit cool, right? Um, totally different to the West Wing. It's not political. Um, but it's, it follows a family and it is nuanced. It um, deals with the complexity of life. It's, it's three people who share a birthday and they're all actually the same age as us, really, or me. I think I'm just a slightly younger than you guys. Um, so it feels very relevant um, to be in your late 30s, how you're dealing with life and how they deal with their relationship with one another. And it's, yeah, broken at times and then sort of mended but still not, you know, completely resolved. So uh, it is just a great family drama and, mm. yeah, I, I don't want to ruin Any of the surprises, but it's got like Mandy Moore in it, and yes, um, yes, that's almost enough to put me
2: off. But yeah, no, no, she's she's actually actually really really good. She is, and when I first saw it, oh, it's because they do it in flashbacks. And so yes. I'm like, oh, my goodness, how did they manage to find, and I didn't know that, how did they manage to find an actress that looks so much like an older Mandy Moore? They're like, oh, it is oh, her. But that is yeah. makeup. That is her makeup, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, parenthood. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, it is like parenthood but better. I don't know. Yes, like better. Parenthood was good but this yeah, is, it is better. Um, really great script writing. I think that's what I love the most about it. It's just mm. clever. Funny, nuanced, a bit sad but not, like, depressing at all. Um, mm. So, yeah, just do yourself a favour. It's, like, Bruce loved it as well. It's definitely kind of a one for anybody and everyone, I reckon. Mm. Um, and the other one that I've been enjoying, I'm not sure if you guys are up to speed on Utopia on ABC. Yes. Season, Ooh. I don't know, is it three? I think it's season okay, three. Um, but that's the whole um, Rob Sitch, the Working Dog Productions guys. And, yeah, it's just a uh, quick... I don't know, 25, 30 minute episode each week, looking at uh, what it's like to be a government agency, sort of or slightly connected to government. Um, and it is, yeah, completely my working world. I just find it yeah. hilarious. And I feel like, again, it's kind of nuanced, like it's um, a little bit obvious, but also just the little mm. things that happen with the PR person or the creative guy. It's played up yeah. but it's not so overplayed yeah. that it feels yeah. ridiculous it actually feels <laughs> completely plausible it so does. yeah i enjoy that yep. yeah. right.
2: that
0: yep. scene with celia with the hr lady oh. yes with the promotion almost oh, cry, yes. So
1: she wanted the promotion she got told she'd okay. get a promotion and then the hr lady actually ended up demoting her it was just oh, because was of terrible. like yeah just all of the processes and procedures and systems they had to go through yep. <laughs> it's so, yep. so yep. true yeah yep. um so that's on a wednesday night at 9 p.m um or on catch up on ivy so that's my two how about yeah. you ish
2: Yes, well, I've had quite a busy week because I did have a professional develop. Uh, what do you call them? Performance review at work, and so I was organizing stuff oh. for that. Plus, oh, one of my schools is doing Mary Poppins next week for musical, so it's been full on. So this week, my recommendations are Mary Poppins songs. <laughs> Soundtrack <to> Mary Poppins. <laughs> and they're so funny. So my, many brilliant I think ones. I've been singing them. Yes, my daughter loves them, and they're just fun to yep. sing around the house. Let's go yeah. fly a kite and. and Anyway, chimney. So there's that. And also this week, my car of 17 years finally died. This is very sad. Oh, <laughs> it's so Yes, in reclaiming things that have died, my recommendation for this week, this is really my one recommendation, is getting boots that you love rehealed. Yes. Oh, I just got three, awesome. three done this wow, three week. Wow, three leather boots. One of which has been sitting in my cupboard, unused for two years, which I absolutely love. And for two I'm years, so for I've I that. am so proud of me because for those three boots, Is it, expensive though? it cost me like seventy dollars. But that's three pairs of leather boots. Yeah, so I have all three. Yes, yeah, for all three, it. and I have for the last two seasons because of this particular one pair that's been sitting in my wardrobe for that long. Been looking every season for a pair of high heeled tan boots that aren't too ginormously high because I'm already tall that are comfortable that are the exact tan color I want that actually fit my legs because I don't have skinny stick legs that I can wear with a dress but I can also <laughs> wear over the top of jeans and that yes. don't cost me $500 and I have not been successful for two seasons well, because you're not you're just not asking enough obviously, obviously. <laughs> and then when I <laughs> went to, to the sales my size is always gone so I've gone oh. and got these three pairs done. The one that i loved is re like the guy was amazing he's put a better like heel and soul and everything on it than what was there You're even originally to give me his i will business card. i totally will so just put it
1: out there for any of the melbourne people
2: Peeps. oh it's in blackburn it's this tiny little hole in the wall and he's a lovely guy in there too just anyway awesome so it's just off yeah. there like you know main street station street thing do it wow <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it. All right. Where would you? Ah, yeah. oh, very
1: diverse set of recommendations. It so, is. So, like, like <laughs> Rehealing boots to the bean my bean dad, porno. So, <laughs> oh, those! I hope everybody has enjoyed is listening to this podcast while eating bean chips. I went through a whole packet today by myself.
2: <laughs> so tonight, tonight we're talking about: Can you be a Christian and a feminist? Or just can you belong to neither of those camps at the same time? Or either. <laughs> I don't know what you mean.
0: I don't know either. It, it sounded <laughs> grammatically wrong to me.
2: Okay. Okay. Because, you know, and uh, this was, I think, um, the Sarah Bessie quote, that in some circles... Using the word Christian is the equivalent of saying you're a racist, homophobic, climate changing, denying, ignoramus, ready to storm a woman's health clinic to murder a doctor. And in some circles, yes. using the word feminist is the equivalent of saying you're an abortion loving man, hating, crude, obnoxious, radical, ready to tear down or mock or destroy everything you hold dear. And so it, it you know. Seriously, that,
0: doesn't that affirm everything you feel in your two lives, though? Like in your Christian life, mm. if you say you're feminist, you do feel like that. Yeah. If, if you if you're Christian in your normal
2: life, then you feel, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. But I've found I'm well, saying it more who's and more this because
1: Sarah I, Sarah
2: Bessie? Yes. Sorry, just explain yeah. So she wrote the book Jesus Femin- Jesus Feminist? Yes. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think that's very true that those two words can be quite polarizing. I feel that. And but I find more and more now, just to stir the boat, I like to Uh, label myself feminist a because I believe I am but b I say it more openly because I know that it's going to stir up stuff
0: really it's funny because I will I will label myself a feminist but then kind of quantify that and go that doesn't mean I'm like this radical Mm -hmm. like you say um you know anti-everything person Mm -hmm. you know I and I think someone's thing that I was reading oh it was that awful article you sent us um, <laughs> it was defining all the different types of feminists that you can be mm-hmm. you know and I think maybe that's half the problem is that yeah, there's so many what... different definitions of feminist
2: yeah mm.
1: it's also I think it's interesting um, if we just quickly without doing a history lesson look at the different waves of feminism because exactly what you've just articulated is the fact that we are third wave feminists. Mm. Um, So you have the kind of first wave, which was um, where, you know, they're fighting for, women are fighting for the vote.
2: So is that early 19th Uh, century or or late 18th?
1: Yeah, the early 1900s, and it was really political. Um, And in fact, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, South Australia in 1894 was the first place in the whole world to give women the right to vote Mm -hmm. and to stand as a candidate in election yeah, go South Australia. Go South Australia. <laughs> a, yeah, I'm from South Australia, so yeah, woohoo. Um, and they were saying that they the laws were passed because they had a petition with more than 11,000 signatures that went to Parliament. And do you know that 8,000 of those were actually collected by the women's christian temperance union yeah so it was wow. christians leading the way yeah. right yes. back then right yeah. so that's the first wave of feminism and then the second wave was in the 1970s mm-hmm. which was the sexual revolution mm-hmm. and i think that is interesting from a christian perspective isn't it like what what does that mean because i wouldn't say that christians
2: necessarily align with sexual freedom so much sure, but we all love like our contraception do we not oh yeah i that's mean maybe mm, <laughs> not
1: <laughs> That's a whole other podcast, so let's tackle that one another time. But anyway, so what they, they're <laughs> saying is that um, <laughs> off the back of this kind of more secular 1970s sexual freedom feminist movement, you have this biblical equality movement, mm. which I think we would all probably say we fit into, right, which is around this more progressive theological argument that women could actually be equal to men yeah. and that actually held up biblically to say that. Mm. Um, so that kind of happened in the 70s, which is, I guess, our mother's, Mm. kind of era yeah about my mom and she really had to i think i would say fight really to yeah. be um a leader and she is a leader heads up a, a college and is i guess almost fighting often to have a place mm. or has felt that over the years and had to yeah. and really pursued um seeing more women in ministry and women in leadership in the church that's been her kind of I guess calling almost it mm. feels like from uh, um, my observation but then here we come uh in the third wave. you know born in the sort of late 70s 80s yeah the third wave and they're saying that we actually feminism has always existed in our world mm. and so we're actually more embracing of diversity whether that's colour, ethnicity, religion, culture than what they have been in the past. And there's a quote here here from um, a person called Hill. <laughs> this is from an essay that I did last year. Um, but they talk about um, third-wave feminists have internalised the ideals of feminism so much that the ideals are perceived as non-political in nature. Mm. So, well, of course women should be paid equally to men. Of course men should share the childcare responsibility. Mm. The expectations of fairness and equality are definitely there. And I absolutely feel that for myself. Mm. I've seen my mum, you know, kind of juggle the part-time work and looking after us. But then I kind of, I've ended up becoming the full-time uh, worker and the part-time stay-at-home husband mm. has been what I've been able to do. It's sort of like each generation has piggybacked and kind of spiralled in, in. I kind of feel almost choice anxiety by all the options. Mm. And Ooh, don't I say that. assume... I know, totally it's a terrible
2: gonna, thing to say. You're totally playing into then exactly like what all these... What many Christian groups who don't like the feminist word say is that women have given up their role in what they're called to do of being the homemaker and being the mother and blah blah blah, and they're not happy and they're yeah crippled by their own choices.
1: But it is, it's, it's harder though, it is easier, I think, in some ways to have a defined role, don't you reckon?
0: Absolutely. I actually, something, oh, I'm, I, as I said, I listened to three podcasts in a row today, my <laughs> head's mashed. But I was I was listening to something that said exactly that, that um that we have so many we do have the choice now and it's easier, it's almost easier to go back to where we had a defined role. Mm. Whereas mm. now we're kind of forging the way into the unknown. Yeah. Like pioneers. You know, our Yeah, that's right. We are pioneers and you know, without Making that sound all heroic and everything because it's not heroic, it's just bloody hard Mm. work.
1: It is. And Bruce and I don't have many role models of what this should look like. Mm. And what I have taken away from the second wave feminists that that I have um, absorbed from what I'm hearing is that you can't have it all. You have to actually choose. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to have the perfect stay at home mother experience and the perfect full time career experience Mm. simultaneously. But you can choose. And you could also bring in paid help to kind of keep places clean and do extra childcare or whatever needs to happen to make things work. There's more options maybe and also we're in this very privileged, more wealthy, I guess, position than in the past Mm. perhaps. But, yeah, it's um, feminism in a different form maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't even say that's feminism. I don't know. Maybe I wrestle with that word too. I probably don't call. Yeah, I don't actively call myself that. Oh, you and McHenry are No, <laughs> oh, I'm not no. like that. I just don't often think to even express it. But maybe that's that's an unconscious realization that it's offensive to some people. Even my own friendship circles. I would say there's people that would really react against that word. Yeah. See, guys in have my mind, I re-
2: really? yes, I do have the same. But I refuse to allow it to be offensive because what. It stands for is equality of men and women and it's about having equality in or equity Yep, having equity in their wages in their work in their social positioning in how they're spoken to in their choices for life in their choices for their body all those kinds of things and yes you can go off the extreme say oh well we don't like it because yeah it means the man hating whatever but that's not at co- at its core what it's about. And I feel like it's like flipping the bird to all these women who have, you know, you talk about the first wave of feminism. Those women were doing yeah. hunger strikes. They were being know, cast really out onto is. the street. They were being, you know, derailed by society as being mentally unwell to fight for something that yes. we have today. And I just think how rude is it to go, well, I don't want to associate myself with that because...
1: Do, yeah. you, like do yourself a favor if you haven't seen the movie Suffragette, yes. see that because that's exactly what you just captured, ish And it is you have. I think it's almost a duty as a female mm. in today's world yes. to see what has been done to pave the way for things we just absolutely take for granted.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, because it's not just. It's not, um, you know, it's not even to the height of you know equal pay or the right to work full time and mm. you know all those kind of things. It was just basic human rights of being treated mm. like a human
2: being. Like yeah. that's what they were fighting for. That's right. Mm. And I love how at the end of that um, you know, it has that scroll up and I think it talks about there about yes, yeah, South Australia giving the vote. And then at the end it, you know, runs through all the countries where women still don't have the vote. So there's still mm. work to be done. And this is the problem with third wave feminism is that is that sense of Isn't like we're, Yeah, we're sitting on our <laughs> laurels, we think everything's okay. But actually, around the world, that's not the case. And, you know, even again, back to the Handmaid's Tale, you know, some of these things are actually happening around yeah. the world. And there's, there's just
0: such horrible statistics about how women are, you know, 35% of women are subjected to physical or sexual abuse mm. around the world. Mm. Yeah. You know, those, those stats, that shouldn't be how yeah. it is. And if you, if you can't be a feminist in the face of those.
1: But why, so why aren't we doing anything about that? you think what is it about our generation
0: I think plenty of people are I don't think I don't think everyone's just lying down and saying hey we've got enough that's it we're not going to be feminists
2: anymore mm. I think so but we do get very caught up in our own worlds and um, I, I think it's actually having access to something that's well organized that you can be a part of and hearing mm. about those kind of projects and. Yeah, I mean, I, do, I wouldn't necessarily know where to start. Do you have some ideas, Michelle, with your kind of socially justice background? Yeah,
1: look, yeah, I don't have a perfect kind of um, group to recommend necessarily, although I'm sure there are ones out there. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it does it does remind me of um, an amazing little documentary I got to be part of uh, in the last year with my work with World Vision um, where we sent a camera guy to go and spend some time in Afghanistan, mm. and you know, you probably wouldn't think about women's empowerment when you think of Afghanistan, <laughs> but that's actually <laughs> that's actually what's happening. Um, and what's happening is that World well, Vision is actually working with the mullahs, which are the Muslim mm. male leaders in the communities, to use the Quran to actually see in the sacred text that women can actually be community leaders and be empowered and they don't need to be squashed. Mm. And that's leading to these women actually bringing about change in their community, mm. that they're gathering together, they're becoming political community leaders. Um, they're advocating for the changes that they want in their own little families but also community and, and broader, um, the nation at large. It's extraordinary mm. what's actually happening, but we don't hear about it um and to be honest, it's actually a lot of men working mm. in that space to make that happen yeah. because you actually need the men to change for that to flow through. So there's, it's, I think there's a bit of work to be done to uncover what is actually happening, but it is. There's there's so many amazing groups doing incredible work, mm. um, but it's not obviously a quick fix because you're actually trying to get to structural root causes and often it's a misinterpretation of religious texts really in mm. <laughs> a lot of these kind of developing
2: contexts yeah. i would say see but i w- and yes. i wonder if in our context in you know the western world people our age perhaps still haven't dealt with some of their religious texts in the, you know in the bible yeah. to actually look at what do they believe they haven't delved into they haven't been taught about different ways again of looking at the scripture you know, what did Paul actually mean? What are some of the different interpretations? And so they just kind of go go along with it or they don't stick their head up because, you know, they don't want to be usurping mm. a man's authority, mm. God-given ability to talk publicly or something like that. So, yeah.
1: What are the main texts, uh, sorry, to jump in there? Uh, the main
2: texts that people use, do you think, to kind well, of discredit i think i think there's a couple of things i think the main ones are a lot that paul writes a lot of paul's writings have the big ones you know like um i suffer not a woman to speak over a man um she should learn and listen in silence and those kind of things so i think there's a lot throughout paul and timothy that talk that have some of those well-known scriptures that we hear about so you know the writing in corinthians Um, where it says, you know, let women keep silent in the church, let them ask their own husbands at home, Um, you
0: know. I did listen to a fantastic podcast today that might, I know that we're probably going to go into this a bit more in future times and podcasts, but um, I listened to a great podcast uh, on the Nomad podcast, Mm -hmm. it's number 86, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there was a, a fantastic woman called Jenny Williams talking um, and she great, gave some great background around those verses. Mm. So if anyone's really desperate to hear a little bit more yeah. about that, that was, right. was really fantastic listening to her talk about the cultural context. Yes, of mm. those verses.
2: absolutely. And, and I, how progressive it really was. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I wonder, Shell, like whether that's, you know, if, if our listeners out there still have some questions or things they're not sure about about those scriptures themselves, you know, maybe they could write in. And, ask, and I mean, your mum is a real expert in this area. Maybe we could interview her if people are interested to, you know. But there's definitely, like you're saying, Tam, there's ways of exegeting the scripture that, you know, gives us completely different views on those things. And and just once again that Paul was talking to a specific group of people, it it was almost like it sounds like he's doing a backflip on his whole thing of, well, there's neither male nor female. And the fact that he did have female leaders and the fact that, You know, Timothy learnt everything from his grandmother. And so, yeah, there's definitely some stuff going on. So I think there's that. I think there's the fact that the Bible, yes, it's completely the Word of God, but you have to take in context that it was written by men in a patriarchal society. So the fact Mm -hmm. that it always refers to people as men so it's not gender-inclusive language. I know there's some Bibles now, I think like the NIV Bible, its latest version avoids him and he, and it still mm. uses Father for God or whatever, but it has more gender-neutral language, which... But it's reflective of that culture. and That's right. And If you're not taking that into account, then you're losing... All the context yes, of all the scriptures. That's right, and mm. given that the mm. fact that any women feature at all, and that God actually yes. uses yeah. women, is actually incredible. Um, mm. So I think there's those kind of things that even just if you generally, you know, read the Bible, you can feel discluded as a woman. It's like, well, is is this scripture for me, or is it just for the men? And if and if it's mm. just for the men, why do women make up most of the church? And, do most of the work, haha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So <laughs> do most of the flower arranging. <laughs> oh my goodness, do we have flower arranging? Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> actually, we need a resurgence of flower arranging. How beautiful could that be? Anyway, doesn't have to be done by the women. Um, yeah, so I think those are some of the main things. And and so yeah.
1: So how does being Christian feminist show up in the church setting? where is it happening and where isn't it happening? I'm just interested in your own
2: perspectives on where that works. I think you can notice it um, as a woman, like, again, if you're looking for it, so um, are women up the front teaching? Are women's voices heard? Are women consulted? You know, is there more than one woman on the board of something, you know? (laughs) Is there, you know, is sexist humour and jokes eliminated or does that still come out in the preaching a bit or in you know is there like a feel of you know you have to be one of the guys to be part of things um yeah like are there any obstacles to women holding positions in the church what is the policy anyway um Mm -hmm. and are women empowered in different roles according to their gifting yeah i mean i know what it's like i'm sure all of us do in different ways to be the only woman in a room of male leaders to be the only female leader, and it's really hard. I mean, I just happened to flick it's stations, isn't it? flick yeah. TV stations the other night, and I saw the new kind of footy show thing with Eddie, and there, there was oh. one woman on the panel. I thought I would hate to be you, and then I watched for about fifteen mm. minutes. She didn't say one thing, and I'm not. I'm just. I know what I, in my context, looking at it, I just thought, I me in that situation, I know what that feels like and what that looks like, and I and it is like a very, church can be a very male-dominated kind of culture and you might not see it in the day-to-day thing because I do think that women run a lot of the church but when it becomes to the major decision-makers, it's often the men. Mm. And so I think that needs to be confronted. I think young women need to be raised up to, you know, be given a voice as well.
1: Do you think it needs to be explicitly articulated if a church is not okay with Women in leadership.
2: I think so. Because
1: I know, like I know a friend who's been attending a church who is a go-getter Christian woman who was there at the church for a couple of years and then started to realise, hold on a second, and then found out, oh no, they have a policy to say that women should not be in leadership mm. um, in the church, and that's you know that's almost a deal breaker,
2: really. It's a definite deal-breaker.
1: Completely agree for me. Be for me but, um, but, you know, that's a big, like, but you've started to establish yourself in the community and then you uncover this down the track, you know. Mm. Even, I must say, coming to Sydney and considering what churches we might engage with, it doesn't show up on the website. <laughs> I've been looking, yeah. <laughs> you know. No. Are you okay with leadership? That's actually such an important piece for me. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think maybe because it is, not perhaps so okay in the world today to explicitly say um we're not in favor Mm. that it's unspoken and i just yeah i just wonder if it's not explicitly expressed and explained and wrestled with then it just goes it just keeps going Mm. and it's not addressed Mm. Potentially, that's. I just feel like so damaging for a whole next generation of women Mm. who perhaps don't even see that there's another
2: possibility. Yeah, I think some people do get blindsided because they, you know, maybe in this third wave of feminism, they think the church is where the world is, like new Christians coming in or whatever, and then they're like, whoa. Yes, that's right." right. Yeah, and
0: I think that's absolutely the thing, that we all think... Like, I feel like talking to um, men, especially mm-hmm. they're like, well, yeah, absolutely. You know, women are, you know, considered equal to men now. And, you know, we, we all think that women are equal, mm-hmm. but I'm like, do you know what? You, your behaviors mm-hmm. and your habits and everything mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. reflects. Yep that women are not considered equal and it's not your fault. And I know that you think you think about women equally, but it's these generations of, and obviously hundreds and thousands of years mm. <laughs> yeah. of background of women being seen as, you know, from going from property mm. to coming mm. to this point. Mm. And, you know, they, they think, everyone thinks that we're doing so well, mm. but there's, there's still that gap yeah, And mm. I suppose in comparison, yeah, we're doing great, mm. but there is still a gap and we can't ignore that. Mm.
1: And what, I mean, Tam, you've got three boys. What does it, yep. how do you fill the gap? Like what does that, what are the steps to kind of bring about that generational change? Because I don't think it will be solved in our generation.
0: Mm. No, I don't either. Well, I, mean, I ever? can see it. I, don't know. <laughs> I absolutely see it already. And I don't like constantly I feel like I'm correcting the things that come out of their mouth. Even things like, oh, you're acting like a girl. Mm. I'm like, wow, hang mm. on a second. That yeah. is That's an okay. amazing thing to be, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I know, and I try and, like, as much as I say that, it is already, it's already Embedded in them. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, and, I even uh, found uh, with Charlie, I mean this is not church related, but um, you know, she's six, she's a go-getter independent girl, and she was watching a show with um like a cartoon, Transformers or something. <laughs> and um I said, Oh, you could be a chief one day, like the chief mm. police commissioner. She's like, No, I couldn't, I'm a girl. Wow, wow. What? I'm so glad Evie doesn't. <laughs> I said, do Yes, that you now.
2: absolutely can. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's it. We're, I feel like I'm, in a lot of ways, that I'm fighting a losing battle because I do, as much as, you know, it, the things are getting there, mm. I think that gap is so significant mm. and it's still being perpetuated mm. in the media and perpetuated by people that aren't as passionate about this as us. Mm. You know, like.
1: Please don't say excited. that though, Tam. Have hope, please.
0: I know. I, oh. I do. I do. And I mean, there's, there's yeah, there's a lot that we can do as parents but
2: we're not everything to our kids Mm, and they're getting stuff from other places Mm. and I was just going to say there is a relatively good book uh called powerful and free by Danny Silk which is I guess a third wave Mm. um church feminism book and yeah like it's not the best book I've read on church feminism but I think it deals with some of these issues saying you know we think we're there but we're actually not and looking at church culture Mm. um I think it kind of comes after, like, the second wave of feminism. I don't know if you guys have read these books, but they kind of had the I Suffer Not a Woman book and the Beyond Sex Roles. The Basilkian book was a really big Mm -hmm. one. I remember reading when I was a young teenage girl, so thank God for my mother who had all those. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. This is what the Bible means. Um, Yeah, so there's some, you know, definitely some good resources out there for people to read, but it's still very much at the back blocks of things, isn't it? It's not front and centre and I think it is we, why do we put up with that as women
1: I don't know and and also yeah I think there's just so many men in our generation who are as you say like um probably completely on board with what we're talking about but just don't see it don't see mm. what we see or often we probably don't even see what mm. we should be seeing mm. as it's a whole privilege thing isn't it mm.
0: like it I is. feel like we come back to that with every single issue mm. that when you're living in that privilege of not having to fight for things. Yeah. And you don't see what everyone else is fighting you don't for. See you it. don't. You're blinded. So. And
1: I, I must say as well, as a Christian feminist, like I I know or I feel as I almost feel guilty for having opportunities because I am a young, if you can be like 30s and be young, Christian woman because I can be brought in on things to be the diversity card. Oh, <laughs> I cannot tell you how many middle aged Anglo-Christian men have said to me, oh, will you join our board because we actually need some more mm. young Christian females." Mm. And sometimes yeah, I've been so – I've been, well, no, I've been offended at times and just gone, actually, no, I don't have time for that and mm. I don't need to tick your box. But then other times I've gone, no, you know, actually that's a great opportunity and I'd love to serve, but also that's a great opportunity for me that, yeah, possibly if I was just a Christian guy, I wouldn't get. And so mm. there's, it goes both ways. Mm. but. It feels like it goes against my feminist tendencies to even, you know, go go with that because it no, feels so wrong.
2: See, it feels I so wrong that you've even,
1: even articulated that though, but they've articulated it. The but, fact that
2: you can but be. I'm all for quotas. I, I am a quotas person. I'm like until the pendulum is in the right yes. place. That's true. And there That's should true. be quotas because there's, you can't, there is the argument that women are not as well-educated or not as well-suited just does not stand anymore. Maybe it did 50 yep. years ago. Maybe they didn't have the opportunities. Yep. But you can't say that anymore. And so there's no reason why things shouldn't be represented equally. Absolutely no reason. Yeah. I'm totally with you. Yep.
1: It, that is true and I really like that because until, yeah, until you get changed you just have to actually mandate. So mm-hmm. I, I, 100%. On, but I also feel... I need to probably just get more aware of who's out there. But I've also had a number of people over the years come to me and say, who would you recommend as a Christian woman who can speak at this thing or mm. be on a panel or be a keynote because we want more diversity. We've only got these, you know, white men. Um, and I've actually struggled. I hate to admit, but for various reasons for mm. whatever that kind of, you know, topic was or whatever, I'm like, I actually don't know that many. Mm, okay. And I'm fairly across. I feel like fairly mm. across what's going on in Australia in the world. Yeah. Um, and not to say that I know everybody. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> well, actually That's I go mean, well. Sick. Actually, no. There's not a whole lot of role models out there that mm. um are living that. I don't know. That's maybe un- yeah. completely unfair. I'm sure it is. And it's, yeah, but, but it's, also it's, maybe it's, I think women just do the stuff. They don't have to have the high profile. Yes. That's the other thing they're just out there but i think it's a
0: case of it's a case of opportunity as well like obviously for years women's have women Mm. haven't been given the opportunity to become the role models that men have become Mm. and you know that's i'm quite passionate about women in sport and i you know seeing the women's afl side start last year and just so um you know the, the same kind of you know they've got a hundred years of male dominated sports to make up for mm-hmm. and i'm like these poor women who have to make up for this massive yeah. amount of time and i think you know it's the same in business it's the same everywhere we're we're coming from behind so as you know you can't expect us to be at the same um i'm not going to say level but exposure maybe yeah matter, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah
1: awareness level um, yeah and we can't ignore the same
0: skill level yes they're just not exposed as much mm.
1: and we can't ignore child rearing like mm. that is a huge chunk of time um that is so important i'm not dismissing it at all it's a critical piece and it's such a privilege and an opportunity and it's brilliant but it does yeah it does kind of you yeah it to the wage gap mm. and yeah, yeah it does and that this and is is, growth
2: yeah, and this is what I know everyone hates it, but that is what Jermaine Greer was saying when she's saying women will never be equal to men until they stop having children. That's an extreme version, and so I know people don't like that side of feminism, you know, the feminist um, whatever.
0: But. Well, that's where you have to go. Well, it's not about equality, it's about equity.
2: Yes, so it's and about, about having the same opportunities, and right. So, what in what yeah. ways does the church or society need to change to include women? Things like flexible work mm-hmm. hours, things like providing childcare for you know, different mm-hmm. all those kind of things. You know, about but being those need to be provided for men too. To both absolutely, absolutely to for right. men, and it has to be a partnership for it to work. It has to be men and women, and I think that's what Christian feminists are trying to say is actually God Mm. created us equal. God created us to do life as a team. We all carry part of the, what is it, imago dei. Like we all carry part of the image of God. He's not more feminine Mm. or more masculine. You know, there's, you can argue throughout the Bible, God is, you know, masculine, God is feminine. God is shown as inanimate, or objects you know there's all all kinds of imagery that through which we see the nature and the aspect and the character of god so so it should be in the church yeah
0: can i read a quick quote to you from this amazing um essay that i read today it's um so the essay is called are women human (laughs) (laughs) it's written it's written by dorothy l sayers who um, has a number of books yeah yeah um So she writes, the question of sex equality is, like all questions affecting human relationships, delicate and complicated. Mm -hmm. It cannot be settled by loud slogans or hard and fast assertions like a woman is as good as a man or a woman's place is in the home or women ought not to take men's jobs. Mm -hmm. The minute one makes such assertions, one has to one finds one has to qualify them. A woman is as good as a man is as meaningless as to say a kaffir is as good as a Frenchman or a poet is as good as an engineer or an elephant is as good as a racehorse. It means nothing, whatever, until you add at doing what. Mm. Wow. I just, I loved it. Mm. I loved it because it's like, well, women are as good as being a woman as men are at being a man. Like you can't, you can't say, well, a woman's as good as being a man as a man is and mm. the same goes for the reverse. Mm.
1: That's right. And feminism isn't about trying to make men and women the same either, is no. it? Like I, I don't see that. Not the same. But it's a conversation.
2: It, it, I think it's trying to move it away from saying if you're a woman, you're this. If you're a man, yes. you're this. That's all right. It's, it's not And that's what yet. got me
1: stuck. Like, I, honestly, right when I did premarital counselling with Bruce, I had a uh, pastor say to us, Michelle, as a woman, you'll be quite emotional and you'll be oh. wanting to, <laughs> um, you know, care and comfort and blah, blah, blah. And Bruce, as a man, you'll be doing rational blah, 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 blah. Wow. And I, at that moment, just said to do that, complete opposite.
2: I did.
1: talk to counsellor, please? Yeah, yeah, he's a lovely man. But I just was like, that is completely not us. Right. And right, you know, I knew before that, but right at that moment, I'm just going, it doesn't hold up. And that's where I cannot understand when I've heard Christian women preach from the front or do whatever and are absolutely gifted mm-hmm. um, in, in helping people uncover a different experience of God and, and see the Bible in a different way or whatever it is that they are talking about. I cannot see how it holds up that they should not be there because yeah. of their gender. It, it is about gifting, it's about personality and it's about a conversation and that if going back to the one conversation that we had, <laughs> that is something that I would add in about what you should be discussing with someone that you might want to spend your life with is are you okay? You know, if this is something that I want to do down the track, are we okay to have continue mm. having an ongoing conversation about how we work together mm. in a... Um, egalitarian kind of
2: setup Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I I don't know how it links to what you just said Rochelle it was so good what you just said (laughs) but straight away came into my mind um the church community that we were a part of before where we are now had a you know really big journey over the last few years I guess focusing a lot on the fact that we're children of God and You know, we're not orphans, we're not slaves, you know, we're friends of God more than that. We're children of God, we're adopted into his family and we're all sons of God. And (gasps) it just irritated me so much and I had many discussions about this fact that I am not a son of God. I am a daughter of God and I'm okay with that. And I know that one of the links that they were drawing was um, like the link between Jesus as the son of God and all the things that that entailed We all get. And so because Jesus was a male figure, therefore Mm. we couldn't possibly not say that we're sons of God because then somehow we're, you know, taking away from the scripture. But it was so – I found it so offensive and I had – numerous other women that felt the same but then there was a lot of women and I would say a lot of younger women so third wave feminists Mm -hmm. who were so happy to go along with it and you know drank it up That oh I'm you know if men can be called the bride of Christ then a woman can be called a son of God and I'm like no because men aren't called the bride of Christ the whole church is called the bride of Christ but you like to say I'm a son so I think Gender language is really important, and I know that that's a hot topic, mm. but because um, that was said like at every service, every meeting, everywhere. and it was wow. just like,. Nah. <laughs> was it said by men? Mostly. It was said by men, but it was also said by women. and it was women wow. slapping the men, the women back, saying, "You shouldn't really? be upset about being called a son of God this is why and it was just rubbish and it really like made me angry because I think it perpetuates this myth of making women voiceless of making a daughter of God not in the same standing valid yeah even if that's not what they meant it's through language and language is so important
1: it's mm. true, and part of me goes, oh, that's just overreaction from you. But then actually, <laughs> if we're actually talking, sorry, no offence, but if you're actually talking about deep cultural change, yes. you actually have to jump on the little things. Yes. It Absolutely. actually is exactly that that needs to change if you're actually going to bring about broad change. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So, how hard is it to say children <laughs> of God, It's not seriously? hard.
2: And does it mean the same thing? This is what I get back to. Absolutely. Does it mean the same thing? Is God including us in being his child or is it just the sons is it just the men well if it means the same thing why can't we say it what are we so afraid of Hey, listeners,
0: just to let you know, we have divided this week's podcast into two parts. So next week, you'll be able to hear the rest of the podcast along with a special guest interview. So make sure you tune in. Um, Don't forget to join us on Facebook at Faith Disrupted to have a chat. The show notes, as always, are at faithdisrupted.com. And review and rate us on iTunes. That would be awesome. See you next
2: week. Bye. Bye.